born with it. Okay, lucky you. <laughs> you American citizen? How, 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 how did you get it? You were born with it. Okay. Two strikes. See, let me find somebody else. Are you American? Are you American citizen? You were born here too? But you don't dress like you were born here. What is the <laughs> What about you? In 13, 2000, what? Uh, this is coming up. Last year. Last year, okay. You see, I got to the stage for the first time in 1990. I was 20 years old. It was my 23rd birthday. It was my 20th birthday. May 23rd, 1990. I end up in Miami. Got on a Greyhound bus all the way to New York, 42nd Street. Anybody remember 42nd Street in the 90s? That was not a good place. And I was like, whoa, what in the world is this? I end up um, spending my family life on Brooklyn between an Eastern Parkway between Bedford and Rogers. If you're familiar with that, with that area. And I spent a month and a half. I didn't know anything about the dynamics here in the States. I remember I got to Brooklyn on a Thursday, on a Saturday morning, these trucks, the ice cream trucks was passing by the, the building where my family lived. I went and buy ice cream. The guy say, do you want a job? I say, yeah, I work. No problem. I didn't know about you need permit. And so I didn't know that was just a visitor. So I went and sell cones. I couldn't make a cone to save my life. So I had to, uh, I, I was working with an Asian guy, and he will do the cones, and I will do the milkshakes and, and the banana splits. I made some money. I went to Boston, flew, flew down to, to Florida, went to Orlando, went to Disney, went to Wet and Wild. I mean, a month and a half, and then I went home. And when I got home back to Costa Rica, I said two things. One, I said I will never live in this country. And the second thing I said... I would never marry a Jamaican. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why, because I, well, my, my, as you know, my wife is from Jamaica. <laughs> I did both. In 1996, when I came for extended time, I used to travel from Brooklyn to, to um, Bayonne, New Jersey, at People's Baptist Church. I will help my family from Monday through Saturday at the restaurant from 7.30 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, and then wake up on Sunday at 6 in the morning to take the little van to the train station to take the train to Port Authority and then take the 99S bus to Bayonne. Three hours to get to church on Sunday morning. So I did that for about three months, and when it was time to go back home in August, the pastor and the church, I went that Sunday and said goodbye, you know, I'm leaving Thursday. They had a meeting, and they talked about it, and then they came back up and say, hey, we don't want you to leave, we want you to stay. And I say, no, I want to go home. <laughs> no, 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 you stay, we want you to stay with us, and blah, blah, blah. I said, I don't want to stay illegal. I got my 10-year visa, I've been flying to the States Every year from, since I was 20, I was 26 at that moment. And I said, no, we filed papers. It was August. My friends told me, Ray, papers last a long time, years. I said, okay, pastor, let's see what happened. 
My permit back in that day is I could stay till December. So I say, I'm going to be eating tamales at home for Christmas. Because there's no way between September and December, paper, my paperwork is going to be there. Folks, is there any time the INS was effective <laughs> was the fall of 1996. In a month and a half, they sent back and answer my paperwork and approve it. I was like, yes, wow. I was like, God, what are you doing? And that started this journey. And then that was December time. Julie and I went out in, in February 1997, 28th of February 1997. We got married February 28, 1998. And just a few weeks ago, we just celebrated 25 years of marriage. But we both were just, <laughs> thank you, we both were just, um, you know, R1 visa. Then we became a resident visa. We got residency visa here, which means you at least can say, can put an address of the states. But guess what? That was the year that God called us to ministry for missions. And people will say, are you crazy? You're going to leave the United States, know that you have residency to go to Hugo Chavez, Venezuela? Oh, how can you do that? So we went, and when you are residents, those are you that perhaps have a green card, you cannot stay out of the country for more than six months. You have to come back in. So we will go and stay five months out and come back. We decided to be in Miami just because it was cheaper. Stay there for three months, work, make some money, and go back to the field. And that we did for seven or eight years. And then we came back. We ended up in Raleigh, North Carolina, started a ministry there. She was able to get her, her um, citizenship in 2010, 2010. Right here in Philly. We say, you know, you need, she was in, where? In Mount Lower. I'm sorry, Mount Lower, right here in, in New Jersey. There's a picture. April 26, 2013. That's May. In about a month, I'll be 10 years being a citizen of the United States. And let me tell you, if you've ever been to that ceremony, you've been there, it's so, it's, it's, it's so different. You have to sworn in. And they played this song, Oh, I Love to Be an American. And they played that song. Everybody's in tears. It's, it's, well, I was. I was so happy. And then you get to get the passport, your American passport. And you know what? Being a citizen of the United States, having an American passport changed everything. For this took us, took me 17 years to become a citizen. 17 years. Whenever I used to come into the country, being a resident or whatever, they always look at the passport, what were you doing, what, you brought, what, you, what are you bringing, how much money, all type of questions, and then send you to a little office to investigate you some more. Today, ha, 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 I got global entry. <laughs> you know what that is. I walk up. Just show my passport, show my picture, and they say, Mr. Edwards, welcome. And just walk through. I don't even have to make a line. Just walk through. Just because I'm a citizen now. Today on Mosea, we have a young man named Walter that came 
to a church who visit. He's from a foreign country, and he showed us what he had to do to come here. Put it up, please. Most of us have heard about the immigration crisis that goes on, that goes on, on the south of, of the border. The thousands and thousands, if not millions of people that are going through the Darien jungle to get to the U.S. There is a reason why people do that. And this is it. There is nothing, there is no other citizenship for most people in the world to get that is more valuable to be able to get American citizenship. I mean, getting American citizenship citizenship for a whole, for most of the people in this world is something that they treasure, that they will pay, sell all their belongings, endure walking through jungle. In fact, I know it's about five, but let's do just a piece of the Panama jungle, please. I want you to look at this. And then we're going to go to die on that route. I've seen stories and video of parents of moms when they're crossing the river in the, in the Darien, when the river go up, see their babies slip out of their hands. You say, well, that's crazy. Why do that? Because the value coming here not saying it's right, but that's the price that they think an American citizen paper will change everything for them. Go to Philippians chapter 3 now, verse 17. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Paul write to this to this um, church. And as we've seen before, there was a church that he had a special relationship with. That he loved this church and they loved him back. And all throughout the book of the, 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 the letter, because it is a letter, he expressed how for him to live is Christ. He expressed what is the mind of Christ for them to be united, for them to seek to have that mind of Christ. He mentioned at the beginning of chapter 3, in the middle, he tell him how he saw all those things that were precious and important to him that was gained. He counted them as lost just to know Christ, to follow Christ, to be known and to experience the power of the resurrection in his life. Here is going to end that, that section, that, that, that um, I, idea by challenging them and warning them, but, uh, but at the same time, pointing them to something greater than they thought they had. Look at verse 17, if you would please. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk as you as you have us, for an example, 
For many walk, of whom I've told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. First of all, he set himself an example. Someone that follows, someone that follows footsteps, need to know the person or the individual he follows. Paul is saying because of his relationship with, with, with Jesus, because of the things he has said before, not because of pride, but he has the privilege to know Jesus and to suffer for him, follow me and those that are with me because we follow Christ. Follow me and those that are with me because we follow Christ. To be an example Folks, Jesus says to his disciples, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Like it or not, each one of us, disciples of Jesus Christ, we are an example to someone. Someone is watching you. Someone is watching us. Someone is watching this church. Someone is watching you at your work. Someone is watching your home, your relationship as, as husband as, and wife. Someone is are watching your family, your children. Someone is watching you at your work. And you know what? For many people, we are the only Bible they will ever read. Follow me. Because I follow Christ. Whether saved or unsaved, I had to ask myself, what are, and what are others learning as they follow me? What are others watching as they are learning as they follow me? He said, for many walk of whom I told you often. You see, this is being repeated before in other letters and in other times. And no tell you even weeping, he says, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. They are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Think about that for a second. Think about the cross of Christ. What does the cross of Christ represent? And the cross, in the cross of Christ, we see what? Forgiveness. The propitiation of our sin. The substitute for my punishment was in that cross. Through his cross, through his cross, through his spilling of his blood, there is forgiveness of sins to anyone who believes. We can lay all our burdens, we sing like like that, at the cross. The cross represents the fulfillment of prophecy, the fulfillment of God's promise to, to Adam and Eve that told them that out of the womb of a woman, out of the seed of the woman will come the one who will destroy the work of the serpent. In the cross, in the cross we can see the redemption of humanity, the redemption of her souls. I don't know about you, but to be called the enemy of the cross. 
pretty, it's pretty serious. It's pretty serious. But Paul said there are many who walk like this. An enemy who should be identified, marked, and put away. Just before in chapter 3, same book of Philippians, he told them at the beginning when he, when he, when he finished his letter, he says, finally, my brethren, verse 1, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concession. He's talking about so-called Christians who infiltrate the church, who would and can infiltrate the church and try to, to, to take over or to dismiss the grace of God, the work of the cross, by their false re- religion, by their false sense of righteousness. In verse 19, he says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mine earthly things. He described the character are those enemies of the cross. Those were individuals whose hearts and desire, pride and mind was on earthly things. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been hungry? You ever been hungry? Don't be shy. It's okay. Yeah, I have been hungry. And when you're hungry... There's only one thing you can think about. What is that? Food. At least I, the only thing I think about is food. You might say, I'm going to go to sleep and don't, and, 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 and don't think about it. That never works. That never works. The only thing that takes away hunger is what? To eat something. Food. When the Bible expresses said their God is their belly, their appetite for fleshly carnal, their appetite, their, their instincts for carnality is such that that's all they want and seek for. That's what they live for, to satisfy their appetites. That's why he called their God is their belly. Their, their, their glory is in their shame. Things that we, that should be ashamed of, that's what their glory is. That's what they publicize. That's what they talk about. And that's their glory. Their mind is only an earthly, who mind earthly things. Totally contrast, contrasting what he wrote at the beginning in chapter 2 when he says, be on one accord. Have this mind which was in who? Jesus Christ. The mind of Christ is different. He was humble. He was obedient and even obedient to a sacrificial death. They have a different, a different sense of who they are. They turn the grace of God into the license to sin and switch from faith to legalism, living a life of, of performance, but not a pure, given and surrendered heart, hungry for power and notoriety but with their future already sealed. Destruction. 
No matter how good it looks today, no matter how good it feels today, it will have its end. Destruction. Destruction. He says to them, follow our example, not theirs. Walk as we walk, not theirs. For verse 20, for our conversation, in other words, for our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. Now, why will he mention that? And why this is so special to this, peop- to this group of people? We got to go back to see who was Paul talking to. You see, the people in Philippi, Philippi was a Roman colony. But was a special Roman colony. Philippi was a Roman colony made up of former military people. Most people in Philippi were Roman citizens. They were ruled by Roman law. They had Roman lifestyle. They, were, they, they had Roman custom. And in those days, being a Roman citizen in, 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 in that empire, in the Roman Empire, would put you at the highest, at the highest um, levels in society. There were certain things that were reserved only for Roman citizens. They have the, um, the ability um, that to own land. They could um, um, get their cases be heard by a magistrate. In fact, if they wanted to appeal a magistrate, they could appeal to Caesar himself. And Caesar would have to hear their case. A Roman citizen back then, I'll tell you, and not to be dismissive, were even more important to be uh, in their minds to be even a U.S. citizen today. Look how they put it. Watch this. And that was their mindset. That was their mindset. And that was Philippi. And Paul says to this church, something that in their culture was so precious And so valuable, he's telling them, more importantly than that Roman citizenship that you value so much is to remember this. Our citizenship is in heaven. It's in heaven. It is more important than that. Paul himself at times took advantage of his Roman citizenship uh, in one time, uh, one time he did something that I really don't understand, but that's a message for another day. Remember when Paul was beat up and thrown into jail? He thrown into jail, and the next day they want to take him out, and he said, no, you come take me out because I'm a Roman citizen. And they went like, 
He's a Roman citizen. Why to go? We're going to die. Because you see, Roman citizen will not, should not be humiliated nor put to torture. That was against the law. Here he's saying to the church in Philippi, our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven. To these Christians who live in a city that took pride in his Roman citizenship, Paul is saying, you have a higher citizenship than of Rome. You are citizens of heaven. Just as your Roman citizenship greatly affect the way you live, even more so your heavenly citizenship should affect how you live. Don't fall in the trap to think or to live like those around you. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, is it what please? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13. Hebrews chapter 11, the famous chapter of faith. It talks about those who obtain a testimony of Christ because of their faith. We start in verse 13. He said, these all died. Talking about those men and women of faith. These all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were what? Strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have an opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to call them their God, for he had prepared for them a city. Chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Brother, as much as we enjoy and are proud about having this, this earthly citizenship, our number one allegiance and faithful and faithfulness got to be to show the world that we are citizens of heaven. Our heavenly citizenship surpass any single earthly um, good. And why? Why? Look at verse 21. Who? He says to them, verse 21. For conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change or vile body. We look to Jesus or Savior. You see, for the believer, for those of us who have a citizens up in heaven, there will be no destruction. There will be eternal life. 
By whom? By that Jesus who shall transform, change our vile body. This vile body will be over someday. I just came back last Thursday from visiting my dad. And I appreciate all your prayers for him. And this might be weird to ask of you, but as you pray for him, it will be in God's time for him to go, but I do pray he might be fast. Because in his body, he's suffering a lot. But I was able to speak to him some before I came, and I said, you know what, Dad? I know you're in a lot of pain, and your body is suffering. I couldn't even pick pick." Pick him up with all his screaming and in pain because of the cancer that already is, 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 is dominating his, 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 his entire body, his bones. He's a little bit over 80 pounds. And that was a big man, proud, wore gold chains like Mario Baracus, gold rings in every finger, and now bedridden suffering. But I say to him, listen, we had the best year. This has been your best year of your life. Number one, you knew the Lord. And number two, your relationship with your children has been the best it ever been this past year. A year ago, we thought you were going to die. I went down there thinking it was done. And God gave you an extra year. And look at all you experienced. So in all this pain, Remember the good things. The body. This vile body. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if you would please. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Where is Corinthians? Oh, here you go. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly, and belly, and the belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. You know, this body that was once perfect, that is, was cursed by sin. For those who have trusted Jesus, this body someday will be changed in that body that was done before, that glorified body that is prepared for those in that transformation, that will be part of that transformation hour. Romans chapter 3, chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 23, we read, and not only they, talking about creation. Let me go to verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. Waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. This body that is cursed with sin. This body that is cursed with pain. This body that is cursed, that is 
wasting away. One day shall be changed to be fashioned like unto his glorious body. His glorious body, according to the working whereby he's able to subdue all things to himself. Someday we will have a body just like the resurrected Savior. Someday we will have a body where cancer and illness could never touch. Someday we will have a body that sin could never, ever, ever defile again. Go is the word, please, as First Corinthians chapter, I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter 15. I mean, if you have time, read that chapter, is the word, please. First Corinthians chapter 15. If you have time at home, read that chapter. What a joy, what a promise. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42, the 42nd verse, we read. So also it is the resurrection, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Go to verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be what? Change. Now you continue reading there. Someday, this body will have no more corruption. Go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 41. Matthew chapter 13, verse 41. We read, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cause them into the furnace of fire. There shall be the bewailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous, what's going to happen to the righteous? Shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Someday those who believe, those who have trusted Jesus, will shine as the sun. We shall be changed. We will have his glorious body. We will be fashioned as he is today. Praise God for that. And he closed that section with chapter 4, verse 1. Go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. He said to that beloved church, Therefore, that's the first word, therefore. In other words, because of everything that I said before. Therefore, because we have set an example to you for, for you. Therefore, because we have a Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, because we have our citizenship in heaven. Therefore, because someday this body will be changed. Therefore, because we are going to have the body fashioned as like he is. Therefore, my veteran, 
Dearly beloved, long for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Stand fast, stay firm, keep faithful, keep going, move forward. Don't allow to sell yourself to be tricked. Don't allow yourself to push back. Don't allow yourself to wonder. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. Stay firm at your work. Stay firm in your house. Stay firm, stand fast, serving him. You might face persecution. You might face obstacles. You might face uh, people that will be against you. Stand fast. Stand fast. Stand fast. In the name of Jesus. Stand fast. What a promise, what a challenge. And what an encouragement. All that what you and I are, can be looking forward to. No matter how bad it gets here, we have great things to be looking forward to. Stand fast. In the name of Jesus. Will you stand please? And let's close tonight by singing, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Mike.